In this episode, I discuss five things researchers can do if the data being collected do not answer the research questions. Hello and welcome to In the Classroom, an educational podcast making teaching and learning more transparent. My name is Benjamin Stewart at BenjaminLStewart.org and today is March 28th, 2021. What follows is a short description for those who are taking thesis seminar this uh, this semester, this spring semester of 2021. And if you are having some difficulties in answering your research questions or maybe the information that you're collecting uh, you feel is not answering your research questions, then Take a look at these five things that uh, you can consider as options to try to resolve uh, the situation. For those of you who are taking thesis seminar, I wanted to provide a quick recap for week 10. Today is March 28th, and uh, usually at this point, I start to get uh, emails or, or chats or messages asking me or actually informing me that they're having some challenges with maybe... Uh, getting some classroom observations in. Perhaps your observations are not yielding the results that you need to answer your research questions. And sometimes questions are based on on uh, those challenges. And so I want to give you some some tips here that you could consider and think about even before you reach out to me. Of course, you can reach out to me and, and ask me anything that you wish to, to ask me about. But it's not necessary that you, uh, that you get authorization or you don't need to, uh, you know, to get anything approved on my part. Again, only if you have specific questions. So sometimes what happens is students will get into some classroom observations only to find out that what they're observing is not really helping them answer their research questions. So at that point, you might decide on doing perhaps an intervention. Maybe you hadn't considered it before, but based on what you've seen, maybe you know the teacher's willing to accept some suggestions. You might decide that an intervention is going to be your best bet. Now, I will say that if you do decide to do an intervention, try to come from the perspective of starting off just making the minimal amount of suggestions, trying to intervene as less as possible, and and then trying to encourage the teachers to continue making as many of the decisions as possible. Okay, so that would be really the ideal situation is to try to gradually move into an intervention instead of maybe the extreme case where you're making all the decisions as the researcher, telling him or her, the teacher, to really do every aspect of the uh, of the instruction or of the assessment or whatever it is that you're looking for, or the materials or technologies. So try to, if you are going to do an intervention, try to gradually work into it and usually less is more. Again, you're you're going to try to guide the teacher and uh, you're going to record all of those conversations. When you start to intervene, it's very important as with any interview that you're recording exactly what you're saying and suggesting to the teacher as well as, of course, how the teacher's responding. All right, so an intervention might be an option if you're going through certain classroom observations and you're finding that you're not getting the information. Now, in some cases, you might decide that an intervention is not going to be possible for whatever reason, and uh, you might need to decide to choose a a different teacher. 
So if you had some teachers that you were considering before, maybe you applied a screening questionnaire that uh, allowed you to, um, you know, learn more about different teachers and you uh, have a list of extra teachers that might be willing to help you with your study. Well, that could be an option is to switch teachers to change uh, the groups, perhaps. Maybe it's the same teacher, but a different group. So also consider that as well. All right. So maybe uh, a different teacher entirely is going to be a better option for you. Now, again, if you want to discuss these decisions, whether it's an intervention or you want to change teachers and you want feedback from me, of course, reach out to me. But but again, it's not necessary that I approve anything. I basically I want to share with you today what I probably will tell you is, you know, you could do an intervention. You could choose a different teacher. If you're doing an intervention, be careful with how you implement the intervention. Right. This is what the this is typically how I respond to these types of challenges. OK, now there could be cases where maybe the school has implemented, you know, maybe they have certain events that are going on that interfere with the normal classes maybe there are some exams going on um in the in the case of the uh, exams or the special events that might interfere with the regular class you know in addition to communicating with the teacher it might also be to your advantage to reach out to one of the administrators from the school and ask about upcoming events or or Maybe there, there's a specific schedule where teachers are, are to apply certain tests. And so, you know, if you're not getting answers maybe from the teacher, also consider administrators in terms of any school directives that might interfere with, uh, with your observations. So make sure that you're keeping your data collection schedule up to date. I'll be uh, looking at that. As, as I'm uh, meeting with those who have tutoring sessions scheduled for this week, if anyone wants to discuss any aspect of your data collection process and you're, for example, not scheduled for a tutoring session this week, please reach out to me right away. You do not need to um, wait until your next tutoring session, nor do I recommend that you wait until your next tutoring session. I recommend that you contact me right away if you want me to look at an instrument Send it to me, send me a link, or, or send me the, the form in Teams in, uh, in the chat. That's fine. But again, please keep up your data collection schedule. I always start there because, again, it helps me to provide, um, it provides me the, the context of where you are in the process of collecting your data and, and what you're planning to do and what you've completed up to that point. And so, again, uh, it helps me a lot to keep that up to date. Remember that the methods section is not due until April 16th. So I would recommend that you wait that last week of Unit 2 as we get a little bit closer to the 16th, right, until you start to develop the 500 words that are required in that section, in the methods section. Again, the data collection schedule is meant to basically contain all of the information that you're going to need to complete the methods section. So if you do that well... I think that the process of writing the method section will be that much easier. Also, as a reminder, on April 16th, that's going to be our next whole group discussion. So during that discussion at 8 o'clock in the morning, we'll have uh, time to talk specifically about the analysis. Now, regarding the analysis, some of you are analyzing 
uh, parts, some aspects of what you're collecting, which is normal. Sometimes we need to do uh, some level of analysis in order to distinguish or to better understand what else we need to collect. So, you know, make sure that you're um, that you are analyzing as much as you need to. For example, a questionnaire from the teachers or the students. If you apply one of those instruments early on in your data collection process, if you analyze that, or perhaps you need to analyze that in order to better understand those responses as you later start to observe classes, for example, or later as you start to implement interviews. Okay, having that information from the questionnaires is going to inform you about what to look for, and it might raise some questions as you're observing some of the classes and you're observing what some of the teachers and students are doing in the class. That might generate some additional questions that might lead later on to interviews. So if you're thinking about asking, well, how many observations do I need? How many interviews do I need? The question is, and this is a question you need to be asking yourself throughout the data collection process, is do I have enough information to fully and completely answer my research questions? Right? The first question might even before that be before that, am I answering my research questions? And then if so, then to what degree am I answering those? And so as you start to collect your data, you're going to be thinking, okay, perhaps I need one or two more classroom observations to look for this one thing. Or maybe I need to do an interview because I observed something here and they answered in a certain way in the questionnaire. Maybe I need to uh, do an interview. Okay, so those, those, are, those questions might come up and you might realize that, well, you need to you know, change, perhaps change a different way of uh, collecting data that you had originally thought of, right, or that you were considering, and that's fine, right? Again, you don't need approval. You don't need authorization. You basically are going through this process of collecting your data and adapting and adjusting, right? Because the, the, the goal, our goal is very simple. It's to answer our research questions and to be able to triangulate the information. That is to include at least three sources, three different of information to answer those research questions all right so i hope this helps guys make sure you're reaching out to me if you have any questions otherwise we'll talk to you soon in our next tutoring session